Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 146 of the Hawks Talk podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks podcast hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I am Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, as always, how are you? You know how the last podcast you did was titled, like, Have the Hawks Turn the Corner or something? Whatever it is. Um, the answer is, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think well, they like, have. They're not doing as bad, but they also aren't doing good. So, well, I, I don't know if you saw it, but ESPN, they tweeted out what a Brad Rollins tweet, and it was like a bunch of stats and stuff, but to summarize the tweet, the Hawks are the kind of the... Uh, well, if you look in the dictionary for the word mid, the the Hawk, the picture for it is just the Atlanta Hawks logo. So, um, I mean, they've they they've turned the corner. Not really. No, they're still kind of like just like mid. But I mean, we did beat the Suns by like like thirty points. I think 30, so. 30, that's something to be 30, happy about. It. Thirty-two. We were up by forty something at a point. So, I mean, that was that's a proper basketball lesson. That was it was it was a proper something, man. It was belt to ass, but like. I don't know. I, I just have this feeling that, like, that Hornets loss, which, I mean, the last two-minute report came out, it was a bad call. The Hawks should have just won that game, just straight up. Should have won that. The Bulls game, whatever. Both teams look bad. The Bulls were less bad. Win against the Thunder. The Clippers game, um, like, that's just sort of the game you lose sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, the Hawks didn't play overtly bad, but the Clippers had to have hit in, like, 18 threes or something ridiculous. Um, I mean, they were shooting from three, and then when it came down to the late game situation, the uh, the Clippers had Kawhi and Paul George. The Hawks did not, and that's uh, that kind of summarizes like the late game for you. Yeah, and then the Blazers game, Trey did not play, um, but Dejounte hard carried. He had probably the best game of his career. He dropped forty, career high. He was extremely good, um, but you know, even though say can, can we say it? Uh, As everyone knows, the All-Star game is in a couple of weeks, and uh, you know that means whenever All-Star season ramps up, Damian Lillard is about to get some foul calls, y'all. I know we've all seen the DeAndre Hunter clip. (laughs) I just want to point this out to you, Logan. I've been wanting to say this. I didn't realize realize that's where you're going with that. (laughs) Oh, no. I just want to say I'm a big you know, Damian Lillard hater. That's no secret to anybody who's been um, listening to the podcast. I just want to say a day after that game where he got all the BS foul calls, especially on DeAndre, he got a seven-point play, Logan. Think about that for a second. It hasn't happened since the '80s. The man got a seven-point play. Like what the, what the hell is a seven-point play? He hit a three. Uh huh. I got I got fouled on it. That's four. Uh huh. There was two techs assessed on two different players, and then I forgot how the next one came. I don't remember. Yeah, I I, I know I saw it on did red. He, Hold on, did he miss the free it. throw and then like make a bucket or something? Maybe I don't know. I don't know, I'll look it up, but yeah, I'm just saying, if you're wondering, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, blame the refs, but if you're looking for someone to blame for that Blazers game, like, you could up, also, like guys couldn't even, like, guard Dame. You could also blame Bogey for missing two of the three free throws. Like, three would have tied it, two would have brought us down one. You got to hit at least two there, but he missed, or you got to make at least two there, but he only made one of three on a generous foul call, and from there, from that point on, it was like, that, that was all... That was all she wrote. I mean, the defense sucked, but like second year in a row, one of our guards goes into Portland and drops a career best game, and then it just doesn't matter. So, so that was fun. Um, but we did beat the absolute shit out of the the Suns, so that was fun at least. Um, yeah, no, they they actually the Hawks signed the the Suns to belt ash records on a max contract. Frankly, like that was yeah, yeah, the, that the, was hard to watch. The A and R, I I can't think of a good metaphor. I'll just drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I appreciate the attempt. Um, I, I could kind of see where you're going, but uh, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Also, but, as as we're talking, it just came out like the Lakers, the Suns, and the Mavericks are the suitors for Kyrie Irving, which is kind of funny. I mean, so, that's not really surprising, but so the exact same thing as a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like I don't know, man. This I kind of feel like the Mavericks kind of have to make a move, but I mean, if they if if the Mavericks, which by the way, I guess if you're listening and somehow you haven't checked Twitter, like Kyrie Irving asked for a trade. So after like two months of silence and just being a good basketball team, the Nets are back into uh, just just the absolute, you know, just just a Waj and Shams, uh, you know, just just a little factory for Waj and Shams. But you people jumped the gun just because the Nets went 18 and two before KD got injured. And you people are like, oh, my gosh, the Hawks are so dis- dysfunctional, most uh, messed up team in the league right now. No, the Nets, they come out of nowhere, my boy. The, but- the Nets beat almost every obstacle in their way, beat the Odu- Oduka Romers. Hired a new interim coach, went eighteen and two, and Kyrie Irving said, "You know what? Things are going a bit too good around here. Time for Kyrie Irving to make his but, mark known." Yeah, it's sort of weird because you kind of wonder what Kyrie wants. Now it it seems clear that like the last few weeks, Kyrie's Kyrie and Kyrie's agency, which I'm pretty sure is clutch, right? I'm pretty sure he's a clutch guy, right? He seems very clutch guy. <laughs> if he's not clutch, I'd be shocked. Um, and the Nets man, uh, owners. They were, they were like, let's discuss uh, uh, an extension. So clearly, if, if you know, now, again, keep in mind, like every press release from this stuff, like it's highly like it's propaganda, folks. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, people put angles to it. Clutch agencies put angles to it. Ownerships put angles to stuff. That's why you got to That's why you got to take, uh, you know, tweets about players and teams you read with a grain of salt. I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but like, you know. Teams will try to make players look bad. Players will try to make teams look bad. It's leverage. It's whatever. It seems like uh, the ownership just did not want to extend Kyrie at a max, or I guess at this point he'd be on pace for a super max. Well, they offered him a contract with stipulations, and also I googled it. Kyrie Irving, the agent, is not clutch. It's actually not any big name agent. It's actually his stepmom. I knew, I knew it was something. It was either clutch or is like a family member. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's his stepmom, Shatila Irving, is his agent. Well. Keeping keeping the money in the family, that's nice. But um, you know, because Kyrie's on pace to be all NBA because he's been arguably the best point guard in the league this year. Like he's been better than Steph, in my opinion. I I still don't consider Luca a point guard. I consider him a shooting guard. Like I don't know, maybe I'm missing somebody. Not John Morant. John Morant. John Morant is the Grizzlies have officially. I just want to make this. I, there's two things I want to talk about today on the podcast that were unrelated to the Hawks. It was Dame got that out of the way. The seven point play was a three fouled on, then he hit an inbound three. Um, though by the way, I looked up, up. So it wasn't as fraudulent, but it also was Damian Lillard. So you know he's getting some BS foul calls regardless. Um, and then the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies after the Dylan Brooks, uh, Donovan Mitchell thing. The Grizzlies have officially passed over to like to where they're everybody's least favorite team, and we now and now Grizzlies fans are like. Oh, we didn't do anything wrong. People just hate us because they ain't us. No, you're just annoying. That's why we hate you. You're just a very annoying team. So, yeah, just need to get out of there because the Grizzlies, they just, just, just uh, awful. Man. I mean, just annoying. They play dirty. And, yeah. Oh, well, God. Did you see the jaw thing where he like went up to like a Pacers rookie and said, I checked his temperature. He didn't have a fever. It's like, holy shit, you are so corny. Well, like, my, my point was that Ja Morant is basically the, flirting whereas trey is the sexual harassment meme like they do this i tweeted that out yeah they do the same thing trey actually does it better but you know trey is vertical vertical merchant trey is a whatever whereas jaw is you know 
Oh, he's a vertical merchant. He, he's like the. <laughs> I think lists in like uh, 2K have him as like the eighth best player in the league. Like, grow the fuck yeah, up. No. I'm sorry. Grow up, man. I think they have Shy Gildas Alexander as like better than Kawhi and like Paul George. So like 2K's ratings are just all over the place. It's like Jesus. Christ. Well, not not even 2K, but it was like the Ringer. Somebody ranked him and like. I'm oh, not, dude, did you see the Ringer's thing about trade today? The Bill Simmons trade value nah, cheat. I, 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 oh I, I, god! I, I don't want you to go into that because I don't really like giving like Bill. I mean, Bill Simmons, he does what he okay, does. Okay, I'm, I'm just asking. You saw it. it was bad, right? I mean, no, I didn't read it. That's the whole point. I don't read shit like that because it's just gonna piss right, me off. All right, like, fair, like, fair, I, fair. I intentionally. Ignore it. Like I'm, I'm smart. I, a few years ago, I, I dedicated myself. I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, I muted some words on Twitter. I was like, I'm not gonna check things that I know will piss me off, like, like Reddit or certain, you know, Twitter users like that. Um, what's what's that guy on Twitter? The ball guy or his 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 uh profile pictures. Um, that ball guy. I I he tweets out highlights. I forget. He's a Knicks fan. During the Knicks series, he's been oh, a club. Yeah, Wob. I I, mean, I muted him like years ago. I was like, this guy's so fucking lame. Like, whatever. Point point being, I have set myself up a nice little eco chamber, a nice little bubble, and I do that not because I I think uh, it's the right thing to do. I don't think eco chambers are the right thing to do. But this is something very unserious. It's NBA basketball. It doesn't really matter. Um, and I like to keep my blood pressure low and still eat salt. So it's either I give up salt or I give up toxic NBA discourse so i <laughs> i decided to give up the discourse um anyway the meandering path my point was because you had briefly said this if the mavericks want to actually do anything with luca then yeah they need to make like the trade the issue is they have a very just normal like stock of assets they don't have any young players other than luca obviously and they're not trading luca um or if they did it'd be like you know they're giving up and just getting eight picks back or whatever. They don't have any young players that are interesting and like valued that much. Like, like can you honestly think of one? I think Josh Green gets like some decent playing time, but he's not. Like, yeah, like they have Jaden Hardy, who I liked a lot, but like Jaden Hardy's a rookie, and like six months like, ago he was drafted as a uh, a second round pick. Like, I can't imagine that he's done enough between now and then for teams to be like, okay, we can trade Kyrie Irving so, for a package so based like, around him. Their best trade chip is probably like Christian Wood, who you would look and at. He's awful. Who's like he's a good offensive player. If you put him with the pick and roll guard, he can absolutely put up that the points and grab some boards. He can shoot a little bit, but it's like the point is the Mavericks. I don't know if they do. It's the same crap they did with Dirk. They just had Dirk, and then it was like, all right, now what are y'all gonna do with it? And the truth is, is that it took kind of. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna devalue their championship. It took a very good miraculous run that very rarely happens in the NBA for them. For Dirk to do anything with his with his career, like the best team he ever had, he lost in the first round. That's what I'm saying. The Mavericks are in the same crap again. Um, so like, is Kyrie the guy they push all the chips in because they can trade picks again? You know, I think this is the last year they give a pick to the Knicks for Porzingis. 2024. Jesus Christ, what a, what a terrible trade. But yeah, could they push the chips in? Maybe. Like, I don't think Kyrie Irving's trade. Um, Value is going to be that high because he is due for an extension and he is Kyrie Irving and he's just a volatile. Like, if Kyrie could retire on a whim and I don't think anyone would be surprised. Like, he could be like, whatever. Like, I've made my money. I want to just go, like, you know, smoke ayahuasca and, and chill or like whatever Kyrie Irving does. It's probably a very lovely life that I would love to live. I mean, to be fair, that probably is pretty close to what Kyrie Irving's ideal post NBA lifestyle I would love to do that too. Just go to the mountains and just do hallucin- hallucinogens, but like, 
I I have not made a couple hundred million dollars from basketball, sadly. So I mean, someone's got to make the podcast, people. We all can't just be point guards. <laughs> got to make the podcast. No yeah. hallucinogens for us podcasters, y'all. Um, no retirement either. So I don't know what the Mavs do, and frankly, I don't really care. Luca can rot for all for all I really care. He can just be the you know thirty five points a game and eight assists a game guy that never wins anything, and I'll I'll be. Yeah, I mean, if he wants that. to take up the Damian Lillard, at least stay loyal though. I mean, that's fine with me. That's fine. Hey, we ain't got no problem with that, my boy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. But anyway, um, it seems like them or probably like the Lakers seem like Kyrie trade destinations i don't think anyone realistically is thinking this involves the hawks which is fine thank um, you god i'm just saying if you're out there saying we should trade Trey young for kyrie irving i mean i don't i'm just i'm gonna refrain from saying more because i mean you, you're kind of stupid i'm just gonna be real with you that's one of the worst things i've ever heard yeah i mean it's just you know kevin durant's a whole different picture but kevin durant is also a whole different level of assets you have to trade and we we've already been through all of this like when was it? I guess August, um, July, August. This past summer. So we're talking five, four or five months ago. We, we went through all this. So I don't think we need to rehash it because nothing's fundamentally changed other than, you know, if you wanted to make a Kevin Durant trade, you could look at it and say, I think AJ Griffin is a good asset for that. Like he gets AJ a- Griffin has proved himself to be the guy you build our KD package around. Like, I would think I know so. I. Like he's like, super good, I, but well, I'm not trying is, to not get a toss to Rick. Like, like, like if you wanted to trade KD, ideally, you wouldn't trade DeJounte or Hunter for it. You would want your trio to be Trey DeJounte, KD. That basically has offense covered. <laughs> you want to run nothing but ISO ball? All right, here's, here's Kevin Durant. <laughs> you have, Yeah, you, you have a guy who's described himself as basketball Jesus. I mean, I don't think you need more than that, man. And then, then you need a guy to just kind of put his nose in the dirt, hit some corner threes and play defense. There's DeAndre Hunter. And then the rest of it's like they'll, they'll take one of or – you know, they'll take John Collins just because contract. They'll take either Capella or a Kongwu. They'll take AJ Griffin. They'll take picks. Maybe they'll take Jalen Johnson. That's what it looks like. But ideally, you would want the top four guys to be Trey, DeJounte, Katie, and Hunter. Just to, you know, th- those top three guys should, again, should uh, create like essentially an, an top two offense in the league. Um, oh my gosh! I think of, I think I, I thought I was honestly I gotta say all time to be honest with you. That's a like well, I don't know well, man. Well, that's like, Kevin let's, Durant, let's, one let's, of the greatest scores of all time. Let's let's be real. We have you know we have our coaches still. We're not trading for. Well, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's just say it. What it no, is. Nate don't, don't. A, He's a lame duck out this off season. That's what it is, man. No matter okay, what happens, okay. we now and, and then and, he's gone. And, anyway, whatever. Um, but like again, this this is off season stuff. I don't want to get too deep into it. But it it just so happened that like an hour or two before we went to record this, you know, Kyrie asked for a trade. He clearly wants to get it done this week because the NBA trade deadline is in about a week. Jackson, I think we are going to talk about trades a little bit. I'll let you take over for that in a little bit. But um, help is on the way. <laughs> um, but there there's just some some hawk stuff that you know. Once again, with it being the trade deadline, you're gonna you're gonna hear about. Uh, John Collins trade. I I've both seen from reasonably respected sources that it is unlikely because the new front office and it is extremely lucky likely because they want to get rid of him and it's just like just pick a side or I'm gonna fucking scream type deal. Like I just want them to trade him or not. Um, obviously the his value would not be very high, so it's just at this point I would say just keep him. And another thing we saw, I believe this was from the Athletic. 
Um, apparently, you know, I, I feel like these journalists, they kind of, you know, they, they throw in some hyperbole just for like seasoning on their, on their journalism. You just make it a little, a little interesting. Um, but apparently bogey has a very wide range of suitors, apparently up to like half a league or something. Um, the Hawks don't seem that interested in moving him, but in my honest opinion, Jackson, um, you know, bogey's an up and down player. He's bad on defense. You gotta sell on him. I if if you can sell him, I would because there's two two things here. One, you're probably getting some draft compensation back. Like you're probably not getting a great. You you might get you know some role player for salary and then a pick back. This team is gonna need picks. You know we don't have. You know we traded three for Dejounte. We got one back for Herder. You know if we're either gonna need picks to draft or we're gonna need picks to trade four players. That and two, that basically forces Nate's hand into playing AJ Griffin about 25 plus minutes a night, which I think is an important thing because there are a lot of nights Jackson where I don't think anyone can question that AJ Griffin could do better than what bogey is doing. There's, Undubitably at this point, it's there. There's some nights where it's getting ridiculous. There, there's been some nights where bogey has hard carried this offense. Like I think two games, like within the first month of him coming back, he shot like seven plus threes. Like it was ridiculous. He was, it was prime, like second half of the season, 2021 bogey. But there's been a lot of games where he just, he, he moves like a, a tractor on defense. That, that knee is bone on bone, man. That, that thing is chalked and his shooting you go is to Texas falls off the bone. It's free. It's free. My boy. Let's yeah. That, that thing is like a, that is a beef rib that has been smoked for 24 hours over. in I don't know. Waco, Texas. I don't know why I said Waco. I'm sorry, Waco. Um, but the point is, is that every it, Baylor fan hates you. I know every, or excuse me, not every, but like any value you can get for Bogey, I personally would consider just jumping on it. He's gonna, you gotta do it. He's gonna opt into his player option most likely, um, which I think is around eighteen or twenty mil. This it's sixteen mil, I believe. It's got to be more than that. I feel like it. But I'll look. But I'm pretty sure it's sixteen mil because I was looking the other but day. But like, because I will but, say my trade later involves him. Sure. Um, but like, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to want to stay below the salary tax. You know, Hunter gets a big pay. Okay. It's 18. I'm stupid. Yeah. Hunter gets a ba- big pay, pay bump. Like you're, you're looking at salary going to have to dump. So it's just sort of like, I would just do it. I would bite the bullet. Does it make us worse? Most likely, um, on many nights it does, but I don't think we're at the buy in time right now. Um, I don't think we're, we're not selling. Like I personally would not sell John Collins just because he doesn't have enough value to be worth selling. Whereas Bogey, he's never going to have great value. So might as well just sell him like while you can get something you can. And then you just coincidentally have a shooting guard that has potential to be much better than Bogey ever, ever has been. And it's like, he's like 19, you know, he's waiting in the wings. He gets 15, 12 minutes a night, like three or four shots wouldn't he benefit from getting 10, 12 shots, being forced to learn how to adjust and get better on defense? Like, wouldn't he be, wouldn't the franchise be better for it? Um, so I wouldn't buy or sell, but I would sell bogey. Um, if you wanted to buy, you would have to buy like role players, like Josh Hart types. Um, I'm, I don't want to buy, I don't want to like make a big swap of John Collins for, I don't know. I don't even know what you would do. Um, Christian Wood, for example. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ. The thing is, is that Christian Wood and John Collins are like the antithesis of the same player. John Collins, 
he's he doesn't have the offense going that well this year. Like he just his jump shot's been a lot better but lately, but we can be real, like he's just not scoring as well. He's not getting the ball as much. But that man could defend now. That man's a good defender now. Like no stipulations. He's just a good defender. It just works. Christian Wood, that man can put the ball in the basket, but that man is a I mean, Jackson in bed is probably better defender than Christian Wood is on game oh. day. So, I mean, okay, that was random, but no, I mean, I, I get what you're going. I, you know, I get your cooking. I'm just not sure what the shoe chef was preparing with that jab at me. I'll just be real. But no, I was just saying you like laying in bed, just like sleeping is probably a better. Oh, def- okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. what I, mean, I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. But no, like my thing with the Hawks, this deadline is like, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't sell. Like this kind of goes back to what I just said, like a few minutes ago about Nate. Like it's pretty obvious that Nate is a lame duck head coach. Like the front office doesn't want to fire him because we're probably about to have the most important Atlanta Hawks coaching search. Probably. I mean, I want to say ever, but I obviously can't speak before, you know, I was born and stuff. So in, in my lifetime, which is, you know, back to the early two thousands, um, like since then it's been like Bud and then Lloyd Pierce are the most recent ones. And it's like, those really weren't important. Like those were just like, all right, Bud, Bud was a meta hire. All right, let's hire a Spurs assistant. That works well. And then Lloyd was a hire for a tanking and rebuilding team that just didn't work out. But, I mean, this next coach will pretty much make or break the Trey Young era of the Atlanta Hawks as we know it. So it's the most important one. And what I'm getting to it, that is like the Hawks don't want to fire another head coach midseason and then, you know, go into – because, like, we talk about, like, um, possible candidates for the Hawks head coaching job. We talk about guys like M.A. Odoka, like Quinn Snyder, Kenny Atkinson. Like, these guys, like, they're the top of the crop. But, like, the thing is, is, like, they're going to have plenty of suitors. They may not want to go to the Hawks after the Hawks have fired not only Lloyd Pierce, you know, um, during the season, but also Nate Millen during the season. So, Nate's – he's just going to stay here. You know, Nate wants to be gone. The Hawks want him gone. It's pretty obvious that's what's going on. Nate probably wants to retire at this point, and the Hawks just want to move on to a different coach. And like the Hawks, you know, you can't just have two fired head coaches. And like another thing about it is like, remember how like mad the NBA's uh, coaches association got whenever we fired Lloyd Pierce? And like Lloyd was our, our obviously out of his depths, like pretty obviously. And then like we still got so much flack for that. Like Nate McMillan, say what you want to about him, make all the jokes you want to about him. But the thing with Nate is that like he is respected among his peers, and I'm sure that goes deeper than. You know, as a, as a union like the coaches association is, it's like you don't want to like poke the bear too much because. If we want to appeal to these top candidates, we can't have a track record like that. So I'm not like this year, I'm not placing my attention or like any type of value on wins or losses. Like, obviously, I want to win. Like, obviously, I want to make the playoffs, avoid the plans, you know, do some work in the playoffs and then get experience. But like, I, I know a lot of people have been saying the season is mirroring 2021 because Trey got left off the All-Stars. Like, I would like to see an Eastern Conference Finals run, but you're playing with fire at that point because if you make the Eastern Conference Finals, you kind of have to acknowledge that Nate Mills is the best coach in Atlanta Hawks history, <laughs> which is, I mean, I mean, at that point, what can you say, man? He's gotten further than any other coach has. Like, that is, that's a scary thing to think about, man. And like, if he makes up Eastern Conference Finals, you can't fire him. And like, he can't just retire. Like, come on now, this isn't Dwayne Casey where like, you lose to LeBron. Like, at this point, people are, are, I mean, I feel like a majority of NBA fans are expecting us to be picking the lottery in a couple of months. But, um, yeah, I feel like if you're the Hawks, back to what I was saying about the deadline, like you need to sell. You need to focus on next year. That's basically what I'm saying with all this, which means getting off of Bo- Bogey's contract. Um, I'm going to say it. Bogey's probably the worst defender on the Hawks these days. I know you're probably thinking, oh, well, Trey Young. This goes back to the herder thing that I've always said is like positional importance of defense point guard is at the very end the wing is like second after who your center is like Capella is so important because he anchors the defense and then like wing defense is so important like if you're building a team you're worried about point guard defense at the very least out of the 
um, starting five positions. So I've always said that like Herder was a worse defender than Trey, maybe not as individually like comparing them, but just like who they guard and stuff. And like Bogey's the same way, like Bogey. I mean, he's a great player. He's fun to watch. And it's, I mean, it's no secret that he can just hit some absolutely chicanerous shots at time. But like, I mean, at this point, we we can't really have that because with Bogey these days, there's no middle ground. It's either he's hitting the shots or they're missing. And it's always just, you know, below average to bad defense at this point. So I think you need to get off that, you know, the $18 million player option um, this season, 15% trade kicker as well. Um, You know, move him for something that either helps you out next year, which is what uh, my trade we're going to talk about does, or or just gets you more assets back in the stock. Because like like you said, Logan, we need to replenish our draft picks, traded for Murray, and like Hawks fans will not shut up about that. But I just want to say shout out to uh, DJM because his recent like stretch of games has been absurd. Like very like honestly like a top five point guard in the league recently. But um yeah, it's pretty absurd. He's like shooting like forty percent from three, and which is like Jesus Christ. Like that's just props to him because he's been hooping the hog. He's been doing his thing. Um. I really do feel like this Hawks team has a lot of potential. I just think they need the right um, head coach to holster that and move them to that next level. It's obviously Nate McMillan. It's obviously not Nate McMillan. We all know that by now. Like, yeah, so just focus on next year. Um, with John Collins, I just want to say it's very funny how a certain, you know, how Schlink, like, gave John Collins all this money. And then it, it's kind of becoming more and more clear every day is, like, we learn more about our new front office and what they believe, like, what they want to do, what they don't want to do. Like, Schlink like went into that all season and I know he had to pay people. It's like you don't pay somebody that much money if you're uncomfortable paying them. Like he paid John Collins, what? 23 and a half million dollars. And people, it's pe- like people don't remember. He Schlank had the leverage. Every other suitor for John didn't have cap anymore. The the Spurs were yeah, the last like, one and they like yeah, signed they, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins and, and, Doug and, and like, they still gave him 25 a year. Like, that yeah, you, and like the thing is, is like, like what I'm trying to point out is like if you weren't comfortable giving that money, then don't give them the money. But like the fact that like it turned into a thing where you gave them that money and then like not even a year later, because that's when it all started, is like you're trying to trade John Collins. Like it's pretty obvious that Schlink was just trying to get off of John Collins' contract at some point. And like John Collins, I've given him flack on this podcast. I've given him flack on Twitter. He's not somebody you just trade and dump because he's he's a very talented player. Like y'all, y'all need to he be can't real. the ball aside, but yeah. Travis Schlink is a freaking loser, man. That man made a few good moves, and y'all swear he's the second coming. That man sucks with negotiations. He can't negotiate shit. Every contract he, he signed, he cannot trade for a penguin at a zoo. <laughs> what? But I he mean, cannot trade for a penguin at a zoo, Logan. I mean, sure. But my point being, like, I I, I still see people attributing the good stuff recently to Schlank and the bad stuff to Nick Ressler. We don't know exactly who did what other than the fact that like, we know that Nick Ressler and his and Landry, they're the reasons why we got DeJounte for that trade. And they're the reason why we got Aaron Hall. We drafted AJ. Let's say it. And, and they're the reason that we, uh, we traded away Cam. Now, what, what was the, what was the AJ draft thing? Like what was well, like the AJ thing is like, we drafted AJ, but like, it's known that like the DJM trade had nothing to do with Schlink. So like, if you're thinking in that time period, like if Schlink wasn't making a move, like, nah, DGM, I don't want to, I don't want to like infer. I'm just speculating. Like I'm just speculating. That. I'm, I'm infer because I'm a bad person and it's a part of my agenda. But like, my thing is that if Schlink wasn't involved in making a big trade like that, he probably wasn't involved in the draft. Like that's just my two cents. Like I'm not trying to confirm or deny anything, but like, from where I'm sitting, this just adds on to my whole fuel of Travis Schlink. You know, he was a, 
he has some good moves. He deserves his flowers for them. But like majorly, he was just a below average GM that people just. I mean, I don't know, man. It's weird. I'm much happier with what we have now, even if it means nepotism. Um, Schlink being gone and wrestler son being in means the tax will probably get paid. So, hey, wishing you well, Travis. And like a lot of people are doing this like whole thing whenever Travis got fired. They're like wishing him well wherever he goes. I hope he gets one of the Hawks. Like, dude, have fun in Charlotte. Like, that is awful. Good luck, man. Good, good luck, you bald bastard. Um, anyways, um, it's real. Look. This trade deadline, I think you need to sell. Um, we ran a poll on Twitter, Logan. You know, follow us at Hawks Talks on Twitter. And uh, the poll breakdown basically went like this. Um, by far, I believe sell was the winning vote out of the three options, which were Stampat, buy, and sell. Buy had 36% of the votes. Stampat had 12%. And the sell option had 52%. My personal vote was sell. Um, Logan, I believe you agree with that, that you would sell as well if you were in charge? Yeah, just because there's no... Like you could buy and and trade for one of the like Raptors guys because the Raptors are in purgatory. You could trade for OG and Anobi and just mortgage your future and get better. But like, why do that? Um, standing pat. Let's be real. Like, at least do something. At least get rid of Justin Holiday. Like, at least just see if you can get a more useful player for seven million or whatever his salary is than than Justin Holiday. Um, but selling, you know, we've talked about the last like 10 minutes. We think trading bogey, dumping that, you know, maybe not necessarily dumping the salary, but, you know, getting off salary next year and maybe getting the pick back. It, it like for the first time in a couple uh, off seasons, the Hawks should have some breathing room um, sort of to build the roster out a little bit more. Um, and then Lord knows we need it because if one thing the season has shown is that. Sometimes a decent bench is actually important because, because I, I feel like that's just that's just one of my main takeaways. You know, our, our, our group of five starters has been pretty good. Um, but when all five of them aren't playing, we take a big hit. And then when the bench is out there, we really suck. And it's just sort of it's been very, it, you know, it, it sort of confirms anyone's, you know, suspicions that, believe it or not, the, the bench is actually important in the NBA. So. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I would, I would say sell, but you know, I don't think we're gonna buy enough no matter what for it to really like upset me. Like if we traded the Kings pick and and like a salary to get a better player, like what I, I would not freak out. I would not be like super hurt, but I would prefer you you sell a little bit, not not like fire sale. I, I don't you know don't trade Capella, don't trade John, don't trade Hunter. You know, if you want to get rid of Bogey, the holidays, you know, you have my you have my permission, I guess. No, but um, look, can we uh, can we talk about the trade that I, I you know, no, I'll take some credit for. I hopped into the trade machine. Go, my favorite go, thing to do. G- go on. All right, listening. Bogey, Kings pick for Buddy Hield. Ooh, it's a uh, trade for next year, man. Uh, Done contract for a year after next year, which also means you have to extend him at the same time with Murray. But that's also a lot for Buddy Hill. But also, like Bogey's kind of like very closely like we like one of the reasons why I'm so urgent to get off him is like we're very quickly reaching like untradeable contract territory with him just because of like I mean I mean clearly not because if that article I don't know man that's kind of absurd that teams are like wanting him but hey maybe maybe I'm not saying I mean they might think he doesn't take his player option and they think it's a rental you know. There's no way he doesn't take that, man. 
that's a lot of money for Bogey to turn down, especially like the health it's, concerns it, and stuff. Like he can still play basketball 100%, but that's a lot of money from the turn down. I don't think it, I mean, he's a, he's a role player in the NBA. NBA role players make stupid money. Um, make 18 million a year though. 15% trade kicker. Like, man, you know what Luke Kennard makes? <laughs> he makes the same shit. If Luke Kennard makes $18 million a year, then damn. he literally makes 16. Do you not remember? This is the whole thing. We based our Kevin Herter contract predictions around. Yeah, that's kind of wild. That's that's crazy. Dog. I mean, maybe, Hey, maybe Bogey does accept a player option, but like the I other, don't know, man, the, the Boj, the other Bogdanovich signed for like 20 something a year with the Pistons. Like, I mean, yeah, that was, but that's also like the Pistons. Like they just have tons of money. They don't have anything to do with. Like, it's like the salary cap, like the miles Turner thing where like the Pacers just gave them all the money they had left over as like a, Hey man, sorry. We've been talking about trading you basically ever since you moved into the city. Like here's $25 million this year. Hopefully that makes up for it. <laughs> Please don't do that with John Collins. That man does not need any more money. <laughs> even though I mean, tr- trust me, the Hawks don't have any issues reaching the salary floor. It's more, I think most people are mad that we're not spending even more. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that trade's okay. We would be better because I do think Buddy Heald is just like a slightly better version of Bogey. But that's not, I don't think it's worth trading a pick for. Yeah, I don't know. I said it out loud and like it was when it was on the trade machine, it was one of those things that I like. I said it out loud, it's like, like we're already kind of short on first. So I guess that thought of you saying that entered and, my and, mind. It's and like, look, man, the Kings are looking pretty good. Next season, they could be pretty good again. That pick may very well convey very soon. Y'all are about to y'all are about to apologize to Nick Wrestler when that pick conveys my boy. Yep. Um, you want to talk about the All Star stuff now? Is now a good time? I, I, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, it's, all right, listen, listen. I can accept that Trey Young wasn't an All Star this year. I can accept that, like, you've like the players. I mean, the players voting thing is kind of ridiculous to me. Like, Trey is not this. Well, best guard in the East, but like also like at the same time, like Trey is a big shit talker. I mean, we saw that with the Rockets with DJM. Like Trey's Trey's known for like talking shit. Like even Draymond's talked about on his podcast. And like, I mean, admittedly, it is kind of funny to think like these guys are like six foot ten, just specimens of beast. And like you know, Trey Young does frequently, you know, just he doesn't give them the belt, Logan. He gives them, he gives them, he goes belt to ass mode. He goes even harder than just giving them the belt. I mean. He's six foot one, like one eighty, and he does that. So I can understand like why people like may not like Trey. Like the media, like I was talking to someone else about this because it was about Devin Booker originally. It's like you think about it, man. Like I feel like people hold vendettas against players like Devin Booker and Trey Young because they hold them against them now because they were wrong about them. Like I'm going to talk about Trey Young and not Devin Booker, but it's like remember like coming out of Oklahoma, like everybody's talking about, like, oh yeah, Trey Young's going to be a bust. Trey Young's, you know, he's too small to play in the league. You know, he turns the ball over too much. He was a wannabe Curry. It's like. Trey Young is like one of the greatest offensive players in the world right now. It's like, I don't feel like people want to accept that. So like while they're like fine with it, they'll do anything to continue to discredit him. So like, I, I'm not surprised that like media members and like, even like fans, like you see it all the time on Twitter. It's like people who were like supporting Trey in 2021. There's a, there, have there's a man on him. today who said Dennis Schroeder could do what Trey does if he had the green light. Yeah, that's, that's, we need to we that's, need to put some federal fund that that if you say that I genuinely believe you took a near fatal loss of fentanyl. I, apparently he was that. like he oh was like God. a Hawks fan too or something. I, I, I you're not a Hawks fan if you say that. We all saw Dennis Schroeder. He never even came close. Please don't. Trey Young is an awful definition of the word. An offensive machine. Dennis Schroeder. He can score. That he can score. He's not no offensive machine, my boy. That's that's absurd. But yeah, I mean. 
I don't know. Trey Young not being an all-star. My issue is, is like Drew Holiday should not be an all-star over Trey Young. Tyrese Halliburton should not be an all-star over Trey Young. And like, it's funny because like, remember when Trey didn't make the all-star game in Atlanta and everybody's like, well, he has a losing record. What's Halliburton's excuse, man? Like, what's it now? Like, why are the goal post shifting? And it's like, it's pretty obviously because Halliburton's the feel-good story, you know, of the league. Um, he's always been liked, like even Sacramento. People like give him like this whole like victim mentality because he got traded from Sacramento to Indiana. It's like, hey, like, why would he care? Like, I mean, he obviously don't want to be in Sacramento. Like, if anything that he said about Sacramento is off to go off of it. But like, you also just like the scorekeeper thing, man. It bothered me that somebody like that made the All Star game over Trey. If you don't know what I'm referring to, Tyrese Halliburton, he has a lot of uh, Mickey Mouse assists. That's all I'll say. I mean, it's just he's just a worse player than Trey. He, like, him and Drew, like it's ridiculous. And Drew, like, respectfully, man, keep the defensive players to the all defense team. Nobody wants to watch Drew fucking Holiday at the All Star game. Nobody. They put no- JJJ in there over De'Aaron Fox. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. going to make history as the first person to ever foul out of the NBA All Star game. Like, what are we doing? That's the. I mean, the. I mean, the Grizzlies hype is insane. Like they. They would the Grizzlies push like we all know we all saw the expose on Reddit. Hey, it's no secret that they're doing whatever they can to hype them boys up. Like they're a good team, but it's like, can y'all just accept that it's like like Jaw is an all star, not a not a generational top five ten player in the league yet. And vertical JJ, merchant and and JJJ is a good player, but not not he's not the damn depoy. He's not. No, the, he was never the deep boy. The fact he's getting voted for that's crazy. I'm glad that that poster just made the odd shift. Like, I hope like, that's like, just accept that the Grizzlies are a good team and not just like two. Genuinely, I'm still taking superstars. Capella over JJJ on defense. 100%. I'm taking. A, uh, never mind. I was going to say something bad. But the point being. Is I'm that, taking a Kongwu. <laughs> no, no I, was, I was not going to say that. Um, Halliburton is just not as good. As Trey Young, they're very similar players. Halliburton sucks on defense. N- nobody, they'll try and he's deny. Six, six, two. He doesn't get an excuse like Trey does. They'll, they'll try and um, deny it because he gets like a steal and a half a game. That man gets cooked, cooked night in night out. He gets cooked. Drew Holiday's the, the opposite. He doesn't get cooked. He's he's he does the cooking on defense. He's an extremely good defensive player. He's putting up like seventeen and six. I think it's actually eighteen and six. My bad. He's putting up eighteen and six. He's putting up like. I, that's that's actual Dennis Schroeder numbers. <laughs> that's Dennis Schroeder. We just numbers. voted Dennis Schroeder into the All Star game. Like, I do not like. If you want to put you, if you want to put Drew Holiday in the All NBA team because he's like an amazing defensive player, or whatever, go do it. The All Star game is supposed to be people watch for entertainment. <laughs> I'm definitely not watching now. I I, I, don't I was like going to watch anyway. I don't like the All Star. I don't like the All Star game in any sport. I only watch it when I have to because no, the, 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 like, the All Star game is something we should do away with. The, the All Star weekend. If you're not 10 years old, I'm, I just don't see the allure at this point, especially for the NBA. Like when I was a kid, the NHL had the shootout challenge, which was really cool, and then eventually players ran out of cool stuff to do, and it was dead. MLB, like how many how many times can you watch somebody hit like guys hit a lot of home runs? NFL, the Pro Bowl is literally going extinct. Like, they're doing flag football or some crap now, or dodgeball. And NBA, the dunk contest used to be, like, the pinnacle of All-Star Weekend Entertainment, and it's just dead. They just don't know how to—they just can't revive it. Three-point shooting contest is just something you could go to an LA Fitness and watch. Like, it's cool and all, but it's not really interesting. Skills challenge is not interesting. Um, the, the, the Rising Stars game is just, like— 
an offensive showcase of guys just taking threes. Like it's it's nice that AJ Griffin's going to be there. He deserves it, but it's not going to exactly be an, an enthralling game. And the All Star game is is just players don't even that do that much cool stuff. They kind of just you know don't play defense and they'll take like forty foot threes and they'll go for like the occasional dunk. Like it's just if you are not a child. You know, and you have that childlike whimsy and that view of the world and the pure joy in your eyes. Like, it's just, it has not been, at least for not me personally, um, none of the All-Star Game stuff has been enjoyable. Like, even the couple years where Trey was in, I was like, I'm only watching this because it's Sunday and I have nothing else to do. Like, it's not, you know. So, the point being, at the end of the day, the All-Star Game does not, well, it can if you put in contract stipulations, but it does not determine player salary. It doesn't determine how much cap space the team gets it doesn't determine anything other than it's a fun thing that we do for fans to watch and to increase like fan engagement and fan morale and blah 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 blah. who the fuck wants to watch drew holiday in an all-star game what is he if he can't play defense because it's an all-star game what is he gonna do what is he gonna do what is tyree salaburn gonna do take his ugly ass little push shot three it just, it just, it's pointless. It's pointless. It's, it's, it's just pointless. There's no rhyme or reason. And I hate to do the, uh, you know, ah, he's so persecuted. But the fact is, is that Trae Young didn't get voted in from the start because, uh, well, one, I don't think he'd necessarily deserve to be an all-star starter this year. I'm, I'm okay with that. But the players voted him super low. And then the reserves, the coaches decide, choose the, 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 the reserves. The coaches decided that like Halliburton and Drew Holiday were better All Star guards than like James. No, Hart like, let's be sure that the NBA coaches they'd be clicking up like hoes for real. That shit's crazy. Okay, well that was yeah sure, but it, it's, you know it's true though, right? Sure, you agree. sure. The point is, is that I'm not exactly sure why it's flipped because you got to remember, not even I mean it was just last season Trey Young was voted All NBA. He was held in high regards eight months ago. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the players don't like him. The fans kind of liked him. They voted for him pretty reasonably well for the All-Star game. Oh, DeMar DeRozan made it again, by the way. Like, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't even want to be there. Like, he straight up, like, said something like, oh, yeah, it's cool. I'll go because I'm all, because of my obligations. It's like, huh? The like, man's, you the can't man, feel like we do about it. You, you're in the damn game. The man's on a bum-ass team, and he's just, like, he's good. But, again, he's off on defense, and the stats are worse than Trey's across the board. I love DeMar DeRozan, but like that's just the truth. He's on a worse team than Trey, and he has worse stats than Trey. Like I don't get the point. Um, and it's just what what happened between five, eight months ago and now to where he went from an All NBA guy. He does the same crap, a little bit less efficiently. Well, maybe not a little bit. You know, less efficiently, sure. But now it's like players hate him. Coaches don't really care about him. Like act as if coaches are not actively game planning for him every game. As if they are actively game planning, how do we stop Drew Holiday? What do you think? The coaches are like, oh, yeah, remember Drew Holiday's gun defense, you know, protect the ball around him. That's all. What did they say for Tyrese Halliburton? Like, don't let him shoot wide open threes. That's it. Like, that's all you can say. It's it's very. It's just, it's the other year. I remember Jalen Brown made it and Trey didn't. And I took issue with that because I was like. No, but no coach is like game planning around around uh, Jalen Brown when Jason Tatum is there. And this year, Jalen Brown deserves to be there. He's scoring like 28 a game. He's been phenomenal. 
but the same issue persists. But now it's with like Tyrese Halliburton and again Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew is a phenomenal player. He's on a great team. He's one of the, he, he is the reason why the Bucks took the step and won the championship. Like he was the guy they added. He was their final piece. Why does that matter two years later? Like he's played, I think, forty or so of the fifty something games. So he's played about eighty percent of the games. He's putting up good stats and great defense, but why does uh, Trey Young leads the league leads the league in assists, and he's scoring twenty eight a game? And uh, not not to sound like too much a homer, he's not that bad on defense this year. That's not been the issue. Like it's just it's just very it's it's pointless. I don't even know why I'm upset because it doesn't affect me. I'm not watching the game. It doesn't affect Trey. He's already on a supermax. It just affects, like, perception. It just, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's ridiculous what they're doing out here, man. But I will say, you know, I'm just thankful that I don't have to watch the All-Star game because, like you said, it's cooked, my boy. That That's washed. And uh, also, I hope this inspires the Trey Young Revenge Tour. I really do, and I think it will because Trey Young he t- he just he does not take uh, easy to these things. He is going to play with vengeance and a vendetta. So I am excited. I mean, we'll see. It, hopefully, that vendetta can make him remember how to shoot for more than a week in a row. That'd be really and nice. May- maybe he'll also like maybe like something like, "Hey, don't take so many step back threes." Like late in the game. Hey, you know who That'd else take? You know who else takes a lot of step back threes? James Harden. He didn't make it either. Yeah, no, James Harden actually not making is kind of absurd because to like, be fair, he's he only has he's, like the whole he's only played like thirty two games out of fifty. He's like a legacy vote though. Like, come on now, like that's true. That's true. It's you can't cool. mention like the past like ten years of basketball without mentioning James Harden. It's like what one of the top ten names? Like probably even if higher. not higher. It's like like or like from twenty ten to twenty twenty. It's like. It was, I mean, it was James Harden up up top for, for pretty much every offensive stat damn near. And he only really took the reins as, like, the number one guy. And they put, and they put Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I kind of hope that all the Eastern Conference coaches kind of just burn in hell when their time comes. They're not seeing heaven. They're not seeing the pearly gates. I genuinely like. I hope after every shot, big shot Trey hits. I hope he just stares down the coaches, man. I want. I know he probably won't because you know he, Trey Young has. He's he's kind of you know cooled off, but a nice stare down for every coach after he does it would be. It'd be uh, it'd be special. I, I'd enjoy that. It was special. Um, you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I. Uh, I think I'm at I'm I'm at my wits end now. I think I think we got across what we need to say. Um, was there any other trade stuff you wanted to do, or is that it? No, that's it for now. Okay, yeah. For now, I I there was some. I mean, other stuff that I was working on. The, the trade deadline's very soon, so I'm sure we'll talk about whatever does or doesn't happen anyway. So that that will be coming up. That'll be coming up soon. Um. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, the Patreon. Um, the Patreon has been updated. That's pretty important. We talk about it a lot, but the tiers have been updated. New stuff's been added. Stuff has been rearranged to make it more, you know, lucrative to you. Um, be sure to check it out in the description of this episode. Patreon.com slash HawksTalks. Um, that's all I really want to say. We spent time on that one, so, so I hope everyone enjoys. So to, to sort of summarize the Patreon issues we've had, for various reasons, we've had this swap between um, podcast hosts. So now... Patreon subscribers should 
truly have access to ad free content. I mean, they always have had the ad free access content, but it wasn't necessarily exclusive. So that should be there. Um, there's the tiers have stayed the same. If if you're already subscribed, your price has not changed. Your price, yeah. Y- your price has not changed. Don't worry. You're not going to get charged any differently than you have been. Um, but if you're in the top two tiers, there's three tiers. If you're in the top two, um, we're going to make sure you get extra content. That means like an extra episode or two or three per month. We're going to make sure that happens because uh, Patreon get, exclusive as well. Yeah. Well, that's, get that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it'll, it won't be released uh, to the public um, unless like, unless we really just cook that day, then maybe the fans will get it later on, but you, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll get exclusive content. You'll get it early and you'll get it first and you'll most likely be the only people to get it. Um, because at the end of the day, you guys have been financially supporting us for a while. Like when it started, the Patreon was, you know, th- this is not a job. This is not even like a well-paying hobby. It's just something Jackson and I enjoy to do. So the Patreon allowed us to pay for like our microphones and our equipment. We're past the point where our, our microphones and our pen- equipment have been paid off. Um, like it's time that we truly deliver more content to you guys and to show our appreciation. Um, and then every Patreon essentially will have uh, exclusive access. Like you don't have to wait for a mailbag to ask a question and we'll answer it. You can just, whenever you feel like it. I mean, obviously don't send us like 45 questions. We won't answer. Yeah, all yeah. <laughs> we won't. Well, what an episode people hey, keep it well, PG 13. Well, I know some of y'all are trolls by the way. I mean, I mean, I mean you, can, you, can, you can send multiple questions, but like, you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, we'll make sure to just, like weave you into the into the content we create more um just because you know maybe there's something you want to say if you want to say to anyone that listens maybe you want to ask us know what our insight is on something or you know essentially just you get to skip the line in the mailbag you you, you don't have to wait you don't for have a to wait for the mailbag which is the advantage as well like so that that's the idea so patreons anyone that subscribes gets ad free content you get your shout out and you can skip the line for the mailbag and the top two tiers, you get all of that, plus you get additional content. Um, you get extra podcasts essentially every month. Um, so that's that's sort of the the rejuvenation of it, just making sure it's a little bit more fair to you guys, a little bit less of a donation, a little bit more of an actual like you know exchange for for for, for content sort of deal. So that's the idea. Um, you can also, if you have any ideas or recommendations for the Patreon itself, you can. Um, we're we're always going to be open. Uh, to any suggestions like that but that's what we got going on um that's update with that jackson jackson worked on that yeah he made the cool gifts and everything he made the web page look nice now granted obviously patreon you can't customize it that much or at least not at our level but he added nice little gifts for all all three tiers which is quite lovely um and i redid and i redid like the uh the text and everything so if i did miss sell something right i am prone to that so just uh, let me know i've tried proofread it a few times but yeah no i hope everyone enjoys that but anyway, so that's the Patreon sort of renewal. Um, speaking of, of course, if you would like to check it out, if you would like to pull out your credit card and input the information, why you check it out? It is patreon.com slash hawkstocks. Um, you don't have to. Uh, just listening um, is is greatly appreciated on our part. You can also check us out on Twitter. Um, our Twitter should be linked, um, you know, wherever you're listening. But that is that, Jackson. That all I have to say. You can wrap this puppy up. All right. Well, I do want to say thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. And as always, love you. Goodbye.